Will I be Pooba on this here? The nigga from last year. Jabos hang a baggy. Tommy Hilfiger top gear. Take no shorts. Some doing lovely in all sports. Even swing the pole at the hole on my golf course. Some say I'm fancy because I'm horny and nasty. If I see some rugged joints, then I won't let it pass me. I take no shorts. Let's suck a step up and see. I flip the script and get harder than Jeopardy. I shot the chef and the motherfucking deputy. Test me. Now check it. I'm not key set, but I bet that ass that I can make it last. Get turned head so fast to end up catching whip flash. If I was a mustard, I'm Kalua's on the meter dash. It's Grand Pooper, baby, and I'm getting crazy cash. What the 411? Let me know, hun. What's the 411? Let me know. What's the 411, hun? What's the 411? I got it going on. You got it going on. Hey, yo, what's the 411, hun? What's the 411? You got it going on. You got it going on. Yeah, nigga, what makes you different from the next nigga? See you last weekend. You couldn't even speak. You try to play the mix to all of that. And if you want to come and meet with some chit-chat, I don't have no time for no way and bam. Thank you, ma'am. Guess me up, get me drunk, and hit the skins and scram. The same old shit you pulled last week on Pam. I'm not having that. No, I'm not having that. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I'm not having it. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, black people? It's Black Loud Proud, and this is Straight Yak. No motherfucking chaser. <laughs> What's going on, Black people? This episode, for whatever reason, whatever came over me, is all about Mary. Deep inside, I wish that you could see that I'm just playing on Mary. I mean, listen, Murray J. Blige, yo, she just dropped a new album. Just dropped a new album. Just in the middle of a messy-ass divorce. Dear God, please pray for Sister Mary because her raggedy-ass husband, Kendall, sir, find you somewhere to be, somewhere to go. What you're on is unacceptable. Anyway, moving along. Keep on moving. Don't stop. Oh, anyway, (laughs) this was to be about Murray, not about soul to soul. So, I mean, you know, all the time, and my boy gonna get mad at me. I'm sorry, oh, it's late, but my boy, oh, he's always going in on me about Mary J. Blige because he says that she's the queen of R&B. Like, he just thinks that Mary J. Blige is the best thing since sliced toast. Like, she's the queen, the end-all, be-all, whatever. And I mean, for real, y'all. Who is the queen of R&B? Like, I ask people on Facebook, you know what I'm saying? If you could find me on my personal Facebook page, you should definitely do so and add me. But um, if you look like the feds, I'm not going to do it. Anyway, <laughs> I ask people on Facebook, like, who is the queen of R&B? And my sister Ash, she, first she said Fantasia. Now, if it had to be anybody in my peer group, I would say undoubtedly it's Fantasia because honestly, Fantasia and Jasmine Sullivan is like the only people still doing R&B music besides Aunt Murray. Let's just be honest. I mean, you got like Jill Scott, like that's the like soul vibe or whatever. I wouldn't consider, I wouldn't consider that rhythm and, be- and blues. That's not R&B. But hey, whatever it is, what it is. A lot of people tossed out Jill Scott, woo-woo-woo. 
A lot of people said Murray J. Blige, the queen of hip hop soul. Okay, whatever. Is she the queen of R and B? Um, I would I would argue that you gotta be able to really sing to be the queen of R and B. So Aunt Murray, you uh, you're not eligible for for that. And a lot of people said Anita Baker, but Anita Baker, yo, like. I wouldn't even say that Anita Baker, I mean, is R&B. And I love me some Anita Baker and Anita Baker can sing. But she's more of a jazz. Like when you get outside of her top hits and whatnot that we all love to get into, when you get into like them other tracks on the album, Mama's Anita is more of a jazzy type chick. And then, you know, people was like Gladys Knight, Patty LaBelle. Okay, yes, Patty. Yes, Patty. Patty. I, pa- grandma Patty, Gr- Patty LaBelle is my grandma, y'all. Grandma Patty is the bomb.com and she really has some hits because when you did back into the 90s, grandma was still good old man. <laughs> That's what I got. Mm-hmm. Good old man. Say, help some Yes. Real man. <laughs> I don't know what the hell grandma was saying. Baby, that's the kind of man I need. Yes. So, I mean, you know, and and somebody, he's disqualified. He, the fact that he even brought, mentioned the name Sierra and Alicia Keys in a thread about queens of R&B. He tried it. He he tried it. Shantae Moore is the queen of R&B, Okay. Not no fucking uh, Sierra or no goddamn Alicia Keys. Alicia can't stay in a key. Anyway, it was just so interesting to see what people had to say, yo. Like, queen of R&B, whatever. Woo, woo. But I mean, y'all, y'all know I'm a space age historian. So I got like deep and down and did all this deep research into Murray J. Blige. And I mean... The sister is a Capricorn, born January 11, 1971. So when we fast forward, and I'm going to interweave like her relationships and her music and all of this together, because I am a firm believer of like interconnectedness. You know what I mean? Like I'm big on connecting, connecting shit. So boom, 1971, Murray J. Blige is born. She was, you know what I'm saying, grew up in the projects in Yonkers, New York. She was a hood chick, you know what I'm saying? And like, unfortunately, she was molested at the age of five and she was afraid to tell anyone. Uh, It was years and years and years that she held that inside and, and beat herself up. She said it haunted her. She blamed her parents. She blamed herself. And... You know, it was just a very hard way to start off, you know, for a child. And I talk about this all the time, maybe not so much so on straight yet, but I will in the future. But one in four women, if it's not higher than that, experience some type of sexual trauma in their life. And it's pretty it's pretty sad. One in four. My God, I think it's higher than that, yo. It's a large percentage of women that are molested and raped. And at young ages, you know, it's just, I mean, how traumatic is is that at the age of five? And then to just hold on to that for years. And then it was just a bad time because 
her father bounced on her mother and her father was like her favorite person. And when he left, she felt abandoned. She was harnessing like all of this guilt and this pain and this hurt from being molested and then being up. She felt abandoned by her father because it was like her favorite person in the whole wide world, man. Like, I know that has to be a lot. And then growing up in the hood, Mary said that she grew up watching women being abused by men. You know what I mean? Like, that was just her life experience. And by the time she got to be a teenager, around the age of 16, she started doing drugs. Like cocaine to cope with all the pain. Cocaine to cope with cope with the pain. And that's just crazy because that was before she even got into the music industry at the age of 16. And then at 17, you know, the word is Mary J. Blige was in the mall, the gallery or whatever in Yonkers. And one of her cousins or someone in the family was like, yo, you should do, you should record this karaoke joint in the mall. So on the tape, she recorded Caught Up in the Rapture by Anita Baker. And she got home and, you know, I guess shared the tape with her parents or whatever. And her stepfather or her mom's boyfriend or whatever was like, yo, that's hot. The tape, get, it ends up getting passed around and passed around. And it, it flops to Andre Harrell, who was, you know, over Uptown uh, Records. And Andre heard the tape and went to Mary's apartment and asked to hear her sing. sing. And she sang right there on the spot. He signed her, yo. I think that's I think that's wild and crazy. Like, yo. Somebody heard your tape of you singing Caught Up in the Rap in the Rapture. And I saw interviews where Harrell basically said she put her own spin on Caught Up in the Rapture. And I, I, I'm not the best at like covering a song and making it my own. It's like I can sing it the way you sing this shit. Ah, caught up in the rapture of love. No, like, so how, like how she's saying that, Joy? I wish I could hear the tape. I'm sure it's long gone because it's hard to preserve those types of things, you know, whatever the case may be. But anyway, she was signed on the spot. But the fucked up thing about it was the label did not know what to do with Murray. They signed her, thought her voice was, you know, good, didn't, didn't know what to do for her. And so Diddy was an intern. Shout out to uh, Diddy, fellow Howard alum. <laughs> hey, you, you know. Shout out to Diddy. He was interning at Uptown and he, he, he got a hold of Mary and he helped shape and create a sound with her. You know what I'm saying? Diddy said in an interview like, yo, R&B was so glamorous at the time. So he thought he would make it raw like Mary, like her style. He wanted to make it raw just like she was in front of the streets from the hood so he worked along with Mary and some stylists and gave her that b-girl style that whole you know hip-hop vibe and you know flow Mary had that Diddy helped her you know put that together and they dubbed her the queen of queen of hip-hop soul like they did that before we could even do it they told us that she was hip-hop soul so you know at the time, interestingly enough, her and Diddy were working together in the stylist. I think, was the stylist Diddy's girlfriend? I think the stylist was Diddy's girlfriend. But anyway, 
working together and working so close. Him and Mary had a little lamb, you know what I'm saying? Not a baby, but they had a little something, something going on up until the time that KC, along with Jodeci, who were on the same record label at the time, started being in the round and being in the studio, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, in comes KC. She got with KC. They was doing what they was doing. And she was just uber jealous and volatile. Like, that's that's how people describe Mary in that relationship. Like, the whole thing. And um, Diddy wasn't really caring that she started talking to KC because he had a girl... And this girl had kind of been on him. So he like, hey, I told you I wasn't fucking with Mary the whole time. She with KC. So it worked out for him. It worked out for Mary. She transitioned into this whole, you know, phase where she started her rise. You know what I'm saying? To fame. And they shaped her sound. And at the time, Jodeci was hot. Like they was already lit. But Mary was just establishing her sound. And, you know, like who she was and, and, and putting weight in on the game. So July 28, 1992 drops. My favorite album. A lot of people will say a lot of other things, but my favorite Mary album is What's the 411. And maybe it's because my father played it over and over again. I don't know. But the whole joint was hot from the top to the bottom. Like, What's the 411 had so many hits on that joint, fam? Like, what? 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 Man. Hit after hit after hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. Like, who comes out in a, on a debut album and drops five popping ass singles? And those were just the singles. I mean, there was other popping joints on the Mary album. Because the joint that she did with uh, KC, that's not even listed as one of the uh, singles from the joint. But she had five other joints. She she debuted, you know, the first single off that joint. You remind me. Like, you remind is a deja vu, honey. Don't know that you remind me. I'm in here dancing like I'm in the living single intro. <laughs> Excuse me. But that song was so lit. And then the second hit that they hit us with real love. What? We all love was true and through and through. We made it through the storm. I really want you to realize. I really want you to put you on. I've been searching for someone to satisfy my every need. Won't you be my inspiration? Be the real love that I need. Real love. I'm searching for real love. What? In retrospect... 20-something years later, I realized that, young, <laughs> I don't, that song, <laughs> I don't need someone to satisfy my every need. I don't need somebody to be my, my inspiration. I need to be that shit myself. But anyway, it don't even matter. The song is still lit. It's still hitting. And that's just the second single off the album. Then you drop down into reminisce on the love we had. Love, the time tonight. Then she hit us with the cover of Shaka Khan's Sweet Thing. Now, 
Chaka Khan blows this motherfucker down. But the way that Merge Blige took sweet thing and did that thing, whoa, sweet thing. Mm. Don't you know you're my everything? Yes, you are. Mm. Then love no limit. Don't you know, no, no, love without a limit is yours every day. Ooh. And then when she hit us with the I don't want to do anything with KC. If loving you is wrong, I don't want to do what? What? Yo, just, I mean, just the intro, man. My homegirl made a playlist of all the Murray hits and she put the intro, leave a message from what's the 411 on that joint. And I'm like, young, you couldn't leave that out. Mary, Mary. Yo, what's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> Yo, the intros, the everything, all, like every song was the shit on what's the 411. I love that shit from front to back. Side to side, round and round, round and round. Ooh, you can't stop till you find my love. Sing that shit, Mary. I'm with it. And like her relationship with KC was so tumultuous. It was like Mary said it was hell. She said she described it as hell. She described it as hell. Her and KC got together and Somebody said that in the beginning, Casey would serenade her and treat her like a queen. And it was just on and popping. But, you know, the drugs, the alcohol, Jojo described it in recent years that he thinks a lot of, you know, their downfall was their ego clash because Mary started blowing up and, you know, Casey thought he was the shit. And then, you know, it seems like Mary was just a little bit more invested in the relationship than KC was. KC was more so like, I love you, but I love being a superstar and with Jodeci even more. They was fighting each other. There was all this cheating going on. It was, again, doing the drugs. And then I think the last straw for them, and this is like leading up to Mary's second album, the last straw was... Mary was all in love with the dude. I'm talking about strung out. There was a a situation where they were on tour together. And I think Mary might have been headlining. And they were performing a song together. And he was flirting with the women. And when they got off the stage, I think Andre Harrell said he went downstairs and he heard all of this shit flying. (laughs) He like, yo, what's going on? And Mary is just like, you see him on stage flirting with the women in my face? And Casey is just like, yo, you see her? This is like, this is what she do. This is how she, this is how she do to me. But, but I think like one of the nails in the coffin was that. And then did y'all see, did y'all see that British, England, European TV show where they brought Mary J. Blige on and they were in a, like, she performed two songs, killed it, sat down, they rapping, and they like, yo, KC was here like two weeks ago, roll the tape. 
the dude asked KC like a few weeks before that, like, yo, what's up with you and Mary? We heard, you know, y'all were getting married. He was like, no, ha, nah, that's a rumor. That's a rumor that's over here and back in the States. Like, that's not true at all. And so they they like, so y'all not getting married? And Mary J. Blige is like, no, not no more. And it was like, what I thought he had gave you an engagement ring and this, that, and the third. And she just like kind of shrugged it off. But you could tell she was embarrassed in a mother. Had it been me, honestly, y'all, I don't know how I would have acted. They had me out there on national television in front of everybody. Like, I mean, international television in front of all these people that I don't know. And you're going to roll the tape in front of me and be like, but your man said he ain't with you. So what's up? What? What an embarrassment. How, how much would, like, that hurt. It had to hurt. That shit hurt my motherfucking feeling. And I mean, I think she just she wanted to be with KC so bad that she was willing to tolerate any and everything and to just keep trying to be there. And it's like, y'all, I read some shit where KC was just like, they asked him, like, so you two were never engaged to jump the broom? Did you ever give her a ring? Because Mary had, you know, said, and I think he even showed a ring that he had gave her. And Casey responded was like, um, yeah, I gave her a ring, but not because I wanted to marry her. I gave her a ring after she came off tour and she kept hinting around that she wanted a ring. I never agreed to marry Mary J. Blige. We never talked about starting a family or anything like that. We were not as serious as people thought. And so they was like, so she thought that two, the two of you were getting married. And he was like, right. That was all in her head. I was young and living my life. I didn't want to be anybody's husband. I was young and living wild. I was celebrating every day and partying and hooking up with different women. I wasn't ready to settle down with anybody. Mary knew that. She knew I cared about her, but she also knew that I wasn't going to be tied down to her. She accepted that and continued to call me and come around even at times when I didn't even want her around me. I would tell Mary over and over to go and find a man that was ready to settle down and play hubby. And so they asked him, like, you had to have loved her at one point or another. You guys sang together, did shows together. There had to be something. He was like, there was something. It wasn't what Mary wanted everybody to think. She wanted the world to think we were living a fairy tale, and all of a sudden, I ended it. We cared about each other, but I wasn't in love with her. The feelings were never mutual. She, we would do shows together, and afterwards, I wanted to hang out with the guys and party and drink and talk to fans. Mary would go crazy. She would come up to my hotel and bang on the door, screaming and hollering at the top of her lungs until I came out. She would come up to me at parties and disrespect my company. I had to be careful because if she saw me with the woman, she would start fights and put on a big show. It was crazy. And so they asked him, like... <laughs> Why do you think she was acting like this? There had to be a reason. Do you think she was misled to believe that you wanted to be with her? And he was like, I don't understand how, because I told her all the time that I didn't want to be in a relationship with her. That still didn't stop her from calling and paging me and showing up at the studio drunk. There were so many episodes. She was constantly embarrassing herself. And so they asked him, like, do you think the sex made her fall in love? And he laughs. He was like, I think so. But no woman should let sex control them and make them feel things for someone. If the feelings are not there, you have to let go and move on and work on building yourself. You can't let good sex control your mind and control your emotion. A lot of men would have loved to be with her. 
she was into me instead of being into Mary J. Blige. She turned into she turned down a lot of guys because she thought they only wanted her for her money and fame. She would cry about this all the time. But then they asked him, like, yo, you were ever attracted to her? She's a beautiful woman, very stunning. He was like, I was attracted to her because she has so much ambition. She would be at the studio for 12 hours a day. She was determined to live her dream. That's what I was attracted to. Her determination and drive is what motivated me. He was, and they was like, so what about the physical? When you first saw Mary, what was your first thought? He was like, she seemed very nice down to earth. I wasn't attracted to her at the time that we met. And so then it was like, well, how y'all start dating? There had to be some type of attraction between y'all two. What was it? What, like, how did y'all two end up matching? And he was like, we saw each other in Uptown several times before we exchanged numbers. I wasn't trying to get involved at the time. When we recorded the song for her debut album, we had a lot of chemistry. We slept together. She enjoyed it. We began hanging out in the studio. We became friends. We would talk a lot. She was very open about everything. I respected her for that. She was honest. She would tell me the truth about myself. That's what made me want to embrace her as a friend. She was a good friend. So how did everything fall downhill? And he was like, Mary had a lot of problems. She came from Yonkers, New York. She was from a very broken family. She still had to carry all those issues on her back. She had low self-esteem. She was very insecure. That was a part of Mary that I didn't like. She was a determined woman. She was serious about her career, but she had no self-love. She would always say how much she hated her big feet. She would complain about the scars on her face she got from fighting girls around the neighborhood in Yonkers. She wanted me to make her feel pretty. I couldn't. She was just a woman to me. I didn't see her the way people look at Holly Berry, Robin Givens, or Vanessa Williams. She was just a regular woman. That was fine with me, but it wasn't fine with Mary. She didn't feel good about herself. Even with clothes, the hairstyles, and the jewelry, she didn't feel worthy. Like, yo, how crazy is that? Like, for someone years later to come back and say, one, one, I think he probably was drugging and thugging at the time for him to sit up and say that he didn't think Mary J. Blige was attractive. Mary J. Blige is fine. Is that just me? I mean... I think black women who have quote unquote average looks or whatever are fine because that's most black women. Like, I don't know. Everybody, everybody's average to me. I'm an, I'm an obscure person, but I always thought Mary J. Blige was fine and fly. And it's like, who wouldn't want to be with Mary J. Blige? Like, yo, at one point, Mary dated Nas and Nas is way more attractive than Casey's uh, drugged up, crazy looking uh, ass. Like, matter of fact, in Mary J. Blige's Behind the Music, Nas appeared and he and, and Nas basically he didn't necessarily affirm or not affirm <laughs> that him and Mary used to date, but they did. And he talked about like watching, like seeing her actually do drugs like in front of him and like how that was crazy and I'm sure it's one of the things that contributed to you know them not working out that's crazy she dated Nas Mary was hot or a ragamuffin because Casey never was like hot like if he wasn't Casey of Jodeci who would be into him like that for real like all the women that I guess he thought he had and this that and the third Sir, they're only with you because of who you are, not because you are attractive. 
I don't know. I don't know how he came in married like that, but that's neither here nor there. After everything crashed and burned with Casey's dusty, rusty, crutchy, roachy looking ass, the second album dropped in 1994. And I mean, my life, most people, when you ask them what's their favorite Mary album, they say my life. But Mary herself was just like, she she didn't really like the album. She said it was just a really tough time for her. It was a really dark place because she kind of lost control after, you know, her and Casey broke it off because she she felt like I can't live without you. So she just spiraled downward and hard like when when that album dropped. And it was kind of difficult for them to even pull the album out, which is the reason why they end up doing a lot of covers. And another reason why Mary said it wasn't her favorite because she didn't really get to pour into it like she wanted to. But hey, <laughs> it is what it is. And I and I think my life is kind of around the time when maybe Mary J. Blige was talk started talking a case. And when I was reading all this shit and watching these documentaries and interviews and really digging down into who is Mary, at least as much as I can get anyway. Uh, I discovered she dated Case, and I'm like, what? And he kind of talked about it briefly on his Unsung episode because he was engaged at the time. And I guess he was engaged to, like, you know, his long-term girlfriend before he even stepped foot in the game for real. And I guess Mary didn't know. And again, it was around the studio, but she was hurt. Mary wasn't really looking for a commitment, which is probably the reason why she never noticed, you know, that he had somebody else. And um, Kay said that Mary J. Blige was crazy, too. He said that people were like, oh, Mary said, you you know, you beat her up or whatever, blah, blah, blah. He was like, nah, really, it was it was Mary that beat me up. I heard a story. I don't know how true it is, y'all. But then when she was fucking around with Case. He had came home or wherever they were later than what he said he was supposed to be. And I guess she had put up with so much as Casey's shit and whoever else's shit that she was that <laughs> she was fed the fuck up. Yo, he came in at whatever time that was beyond the time. Mary met that motherfucker at the door. She was waiting at him at the door and hit him upside the head with a plate, G. A plate. What? I guess when you're on drugs, cocaine, alcohol, except like you, you going to meet somebody at the, at the door with a plate, bust them over the head. I'll bust this plate upside your head. <laughs> Yo, I just was so weak when I discovered this. Like, wow. And it's funny that KC says that he wasn't really that into to Mary because apparently Mary was out with Case one night and Casey just happened to be in a joint and I guess JoJo was like, hey, that gr- your girl Mary? And this was after they broke up. And he went over and I guess said something to, to um, Mary and she kind of played his ass to the left. And he was like, hey, I know, I know you know me. And I guess he tried to snatch her up or something like that. Mind you, Casey has always been like 110 pounds wet, right? Case always been, you know what I'm saying, like stock brother. You know what I mean? Like he probably two twin. 
He probably twice this motherfucker's size. You know what I'm saying? Case supposedly snatched his ass up and flung him around that fucking club, left to fucking right, for rolling up on Mary and rolling up on him when he told him basically to stand down. You know what I mean? Like, yo, (laughs) that's crazy. But my life, you know, I was really thinking, I was thinking deep on this shit. Like, even what's what's the four-on-one? You rewind back to that. When that album dropped, Mary was 21. Mary was 21 when What's the 411 dropped. She was 24 when my when 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 my life dropped. No matter of fact, she was 23, about to be 24 when my life dropped. And that joint, oh my God, all the joints on it. All I really want. Is to be happy. And I'm going down, y'all. I literally remember being on the playground in first grade singing I'm going down to the top of my lungs like somebody had left me high and dry and I was hurt deeply. And then Murray Jane all night long coming to my bedroom, honey. What I got will make Yo, that was a hit. And then, oh, you bring me joy. Wanna thank me. Listen, I don't know the words, but that shit be going off. And then my life, mm, that's that's where a lot of us, like that's, I think a lot of people can feel that song. My life was like, ooh, my life, my life, my life, my life. If you look at my life and see what I see. If you look at my life, see what I see. But I mean, it was also a lot of other um little cuts on on my life that was popping. You can you can kind of listen through that CD through and through. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, what's the phone one still my joint? And then come 1997, I mean, oh my god, y'all couldn't tell me nothing in 1997. Like. Music was so popping then. 1997, she dropped Share My World. Murray's 26. Man, I wish I felt the way that this album purports <laughs> at this time when I was 26 because Share My World got all the like feel good joints, like all the singles, like, you know what I'm saying? Love is all we need. But you know what? The second single that they released off that joint, I Can Love You, is a fucking classic. Like, classic. Sitting here, wondering why you don't love me the way that I love you and baby have no fear. I can't really sing because it's late and I feel like I'm probably disturbing the fuck out of my roommates right now. (laughs) 
I kind of care. So I'm going to hold it down. And then you are everything. And ev- oh, I'm missing you like crazy. When when the beat drop and Mary says, I'm not in love. It's just some kind of thing. What? What? Then when she, and I dream about it every night. Wanting you here with me. And making love to me. No. to this song came on and I was like my 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 I'm showing my feelings tonight like what when the intro dropped y'all oh I've been searching so long but never looked before my eyes there you were to my surprise. Mm. After playing a game of truth a day, I w- what? How old did I say Mary was when this album dropped? Mary, twenty six year old, playing the game of truth a day. <laughs> I wanted to stay at your place. I never thought we would be together. Ooh, if the who God, this just got me in my feelings. This is almost what happened to me when I was 26. Oh, I'm not gonna cry. Oh shit. Oh, oh my god. Oh, not gonna cry on this shit too. It's on this album too, y'all. Oh. Dear God, mm, 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 mm. Ooh, I'm choked the fuck up. How does that happen? Ooh, I don't even remember what part of that song I was on. Jesus told me. <laughs> this happened to me when I was 26 too, Mary. I wanted to stay at your place. I never thought we would be together. I can't believe I just made love to you. After all the things that we've been through, then what are we gonna do? On Monday, a friend of mine, Tuesday, we played a game. Wednesday, you went away. Thursday, things weren't the same. And Friday, you came back. I wanted to kiss you on Saturday. 
Sunday we make love. And what are we going? Ooh, child. It did Sunday and then Monday came back around. <sighs> Listen, this is the moment where I encourage you to get counseling so that you don't have to sit here and be going down when you're just trying to talk about some merry little albums. Anyway, however, whatever. 1999, 28-year-old Mary drops Murray. And people honestly would be like, yo, she dropped three solid albums. She sold over three million albums for the first, second, and third album. She came back, sold at least two mil with the fourth title, Mary. The first thing off that joint was all that I can say. <laughs> All that I can say, do 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 do. All that I can say, do 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 do. Okay, clearly, let me let that one go off. And then deep inside, deep inside, I wish that you could see that I'm just plain old Mary. Okay, all right. Okay, all right, we riding with you, Mary. And then give me you. Okay, that was a little touchy. I felt like that was, I don't know, a crossover song. I don't know. Anyway, girls sing, do whatever. Give me you, give me you. Maybe when I'm 40, I'll feel it. And then that last single that she released off of Murray, though. Y'all, I mean, Murray was, I guess it was all right. I don't know. I can't listen to it through, per se. Um, my boy O says that Beautiful Ones is like the best song ever. It tops any Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, Prince song, whatever. Like Beautiful Ones is the best. I listened to that today to refresh my memory and um, he's wrong. But I, I press on. Um, it's a beautiful song. Mary did that. Yes, girl. Go ahead. And then that last single off that album, Your Child, 28-year-old Mary who dropped this album? Mm, 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 mm. This is the fourth out of 13 studio albums, y'all. Your child? Girlfriend. She wasn't disrespectful. In fact, she's 100% sure. And how could I argue with her? Holding a baby with eyes like yours. She said it's your child. And it really messed me up. Listen, at the age of 28, if somebody had came by my house talking about Tyrone's baby, this Tyrone's baby, and it looked just like him, y'all know I would have been sick, honey. I'm sick right now just thinking about it. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Mm, 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 mm. And at 30, she dropped her fifth studio album, No More Drama. No more drama in my life. Um, that was when I think she reunited with Diddy, Family Affair, Dance For Me, No More Drama, In This Dancery, and then she, yeah, it's just those rainy days, feeling like time. I mean, that was a nice little, you know, feel good. I mean, it's interesting that a 30-year-old dropped an album that I felt like a lot of, was it 30 years old? I mean, I guess in 2001, those people probably were 30 that was feeling it. Age appropriate, which most people can't do anymore. Like somebody like Chris Brown, sir, you're nearing 30. 
all that we like that little part. You're not 18 anymore. Grow the fuck up. Anyway, we're not talking about Chris Brown. Talking about Mary J. Blige. Then fast forward 2003, age 32. This is kind of like when she left MCA, got with the new record label. Um, I think Kendu's raggedy ass was in her life by now. And, you know, she was just over the hills with Kendu. Um, I think Mary said in summer 2000, which actually was before the, the No Drama album dropped. And she reached rock bottom and she was thinking about killing herself. And then it was like an act of God that Kendu called her and was just like, I just wanted to tell you some things about yourself that you might not like, but I feel like I have to tell you, which, you know, prevented her from killing herself. He charged her with, you know, the hard questions about, you know, her drug, her drinking. I mean, I think Mary had stopped the drugs, but she was drinking bad. And so he confronted her about that in a way that nobody else had and really made her be honest with herself. And that built a relationship that started then. And then I think it was in 2003 that they got married when she dropped that Love and Life album and everybody was like, oh, no, Mary, what are you doing? Nobody wants a happy Mary. Y'all crazy. Y'all wrong as hell. Y'all don't want our Mary to be happy. Y'all want her to be sad in the mud. Y'all was mad as fuck when Kendu came in the in the in the area. Now we glad as fuck that he gone. But it's fucked up that he turned out to be a fuck boy. But everything happens for a reason. And I'm glad he was there to lift her from that dark place. And I hope she's able to sustain that. And it looks like it from her new album and the way she's pressing forward. Go Aunt Murray. Strength of a woman. You can do it. Yes, you can, girl. Yes. Anyway. Love and life, love at first sight, ooh, not today, whenever I say your name, it's a wrap. Listen, listen, it's a wrap. Ooh, that's my song. You came home late at night, you smell just like the scent of her because you're busted. Yes, get down on his ass. It's a wrap. I heard you call the name. In the sleep, there's not in your sleep last night. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Through with you, I heard you. Yeah, by the time you get 32, you hear somebody call a name and you smelling different and acting weird. It's a wrap, dude. Ain't nobody got time for that. You got to go. Which is the reason why I think Kendu is gone today. Moving forward, on to her seventh studio album, Age 34. On the brink of 35, she drops Breakthrough. MJB, the MVP. Listen, y'all, I had I saw some of these titles and I had to go back and listen to the song and was like, oh, I forgot that happened. And then that's when she dropped Be Without You. And y'all, when I swear to God, I hated that song. I hated that song so much, but then they played it so much and I ended up loving the fuck out of that song. It's just like, it don't even make, it don't even make sense. Call the radio if you just ain't be Mary, auntie, shut the fuck up. Oh my God, that song still get on my nerves, but I love it to death. Ah, chemistry was crazy from the get-go, and neither one of us knew why. Auntie, I don't know why I like that song now. I know, repetition. And another joint was on there, Enough Crying. One, Take Me As I Am. Oh, 
That shit went off. Take me as I am. Oh, have not. That's when you start settling in, settle, settling into your grown woman shit. By the time you done got to motherfucking, you know what? Take me as I am, goddammit. Or have nothing at all. Take it or motherfucking leave it. That's how I'm feeling at 30, almost 31. So at the age of 32, I know goddamn well I'm married. It's just like, listen, take me as I am or have not a motherfucking thing. And then fast forward to 36, almost 37-year-old Aunt Murray. She drops growing pains in 2007. It's a decade ago. My God. Doesn't seem like it was that long ago that I was hating that goddamn song, Be Without You. But anyway, 2007, she dropped that um, Growing Pains album. She had that those hits, Just Fine, Work That, and Stay Down. All of those songs got on my nerves. I still don't even remember what work that was. I'm not going to pain myself and go back to try to remember that's just album number eight, sliding on number nine, age 38, almost 39. She dropped stronger with each tear. Girl, what you crying about? I thought you were supposed to be happy with Kendu. Anyway, that's the album that had the one stronger I am, each tear. We got good love. That motherfucker barely went gold. And I really don't remember any of these songs. And God knows, I don't really care to look them up. And then past, like fast forward to 2011, at the age of 40, Amir dropped her 10th album, My Life 2, The Journey Continues, Act 1. Girl, why did you have to act? Why did she name? Why y'all let Amir name the album all of that? My life too. The journey continues. Act one. Girl, what? You could have stopped that. The journey continues. Or matter of fact, why don't you just say the journeys continue? Why don't you just say my life too? I just, just whatever. And that was the album where I think that I'm sure Diddy had something to do with it because that's when she released that motherfucking song that got on my goddamn nerves. But it's still kind of catchy like a motherfucker. Looking for someone to love me. I'm Mary. You got in the studio and really thought that shit was hot. You and Diddy. Both of y'all can kiss my ass. And then 25-8, I guess that's how you say that in Mr. Wrong and Why. I don't know any of these songs, y'all. It just goes to show you that after those first four albums, Aunt Mary, I felt you fell off to me. I fell off to you. We just get together on singles. That's about it. And in the London sessions, oh no, 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 back up. The eleventh album, at the age of forty, a, Mar- a merry Christmas, not merry, but a merry Christmas. You thought so much of yourself that you named the fucking album a Merry Christmas. Okay, Aunt Mary, you grow, girl. Anyway, she dropped that in 2013. Then in 2014, she hit us with the London Sessions. I didn't hear any of those songs. I don't care to hear any of those songs. I don't really give a damn. Hit me with the Kenya Sessions. Then, you know, with a little drum in that hole, something. I don't know, Aunt Mary, any, moving forward. And then 
Fast forward to the album that she just dropped on April 28, 2017, Strength of a Woman. I'm with it. Everybody was like, damn, Kendu and Murray, they not together. She's finna kill it. She dropped that first single, um, Thick of It. That shit is hot. That is my shit. We're in the thick of that. What a hell of a year. I don't know none of that. I ain't no quitter, baby. I'd be damned if I'm in the future, baby. That shit just sound good in the motherfucker. She said, I ain't no quitter, baby. That's right. All right, Barry. We're in the thick of that. That song hot. I don't give a fuck what y'all say. Ain't nobody doing R&B right now, but Oddberry and all of her little singles on the on on the radio is hot. Except that motherfucker single she dropped with Kanye called "Love Yourself." Both of y'all can stick that up your ass. Both Kanye and Aunt Mary. Sorry, Aunt Mary, girl, take that one back. Stick it up your ass. But that other song that Aunt Mary got out, uh, uh, you plus me, love lesson. I done played that motherfucking song three million motherfucking times. That's my shit. You plus me was a love blessing. I'm just thinking about everybody from my past. In too deep, never question. And then I Murray got a song on her motherfucking new album called Glow Up. I'm a glow up. So it in your face like, yeah, I'm a glow up. <laughs> Listen, Missy comes in and blows the track away in the beginning. I'm married, come in and do her motherfucking thing. You sing, girl. And then they got Quavo, Quavo, whatever old Migo motherfucker on a fucking track and DJ Khaled. Why? All you need on a fucking song is Missy. Missy is an icon, period. You don't need no ugly ass DJ Khaled. What is he there for? And that Quavo Jose looking motherfucker from Amigo. Why are you here? Why are you there? Why did they add him? I know why. Because they trying to get another hit and another single and thought it was going to pop. No, Aunt Mary, stay in your old ass lane. You got damn it. 46 years old. You don't need no Jose Cuervo on your motherfucking album. All you needed was Missy. That's it. That shit pissed me off, y'all. The new album is hot, man. Like, I like honestly, it's sad as a motherfucker because most of the motherfucking songs outside of the ones that's on the radio right now sounds like Aunt Mary is laying on the tub. I'm laying on the floor in the tub, begging for help, begging for our help, begging for someone to help her. She sounds hurt. She sounds like she's not like, oh, I'm hurting my feelings, but Help her up off the bottom of the floor in the bathroom. Help Aunt Mary. She failed. She done hurt her hip. That's what that shit sounds like. Her singing is really not all that great. Like, oh, dear God. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Fix it. Fix it, Jesus. Fix it. Anyway, 13 studio albums and some shit in between. And people are like, Mary J. Blige is the queen of R&B. And I'm just, I'm just not necessarily here for it. I fuck with Mary J. Blige the long way. Most every single that she has, even if I'm just like, y'all could have kept it, it's still the shit. Most of the other songs that are not singles or at least, you know, a hit amongst the community, 
I really just don't know them. And if someone walked up on the street and was like, for $3 million, can you tell me more about this um, sexy song that Mary J. Blige dropped with, you know, a rapper? I wouldn't be able to tell you shit (laughs) because (laughs) I'm not that. I'm into popular Mary, into all of the hits. Mary got hits for days. Her hits are not to be fucked with. Her hits stand alone. I don't need the rest of those albums. All 13 of them. I don't need all of them. I just need the 30 hits or so that she has. I just need those. I just need those. I just need what's the 411. And I'll give it to y'all. My Life, Share My World, and Mary, those were dope. But the rest of our Mary's albums, And let's not forget her real big transgression. Back in 2012, when she did that fucking Burger King commercial, we should have beat Aunt Mary's ass. And I know, you know, it's not our place to necessarily beat our aunts, our auntie ass. But auntie needed an ass whooping, a whole ass whooping for that fucking album. Like, what the fuck was she thinking? I mean, not for the album, but for that fucking commercial. What the fuck was she thinking? Who was thinking, was anyone thinking to be like, yeah, nah, um, Mary, you can't do that. Nah, Mary, no, we're not going to let you do that shit. 2012, that was right after she released that terrible My Life 2, The Journey Continues at 1 through, uh, girl, no. I guess she was just trying to drum up some album sales because that motherfucker barely went gold. Y'all. I mean, for real, for real. Say what you want about Aunt Mary. Say, you know, you like her when she's saying and she down. Just admit those, those, a lot of those songs on the album. Go ahead and admit you don't even know them. Go ahead and admit you don't even know them. It ain't too, and there's people out here that's going round for round, pound for pound with me about how dope Mary J. Blige is. But you don't know all the words to all the songs on all her albums because it's really about the singles, bruh. Be honest. Mary J. Blige is like the queen of R&B singles because all of her singles, for the most part, is shit. And a lot of them are classic. Reminisce on the real love. Not going to cry. Mm. Was your lover in your secretary? Every black woman in this country, well, most anyway, who identifies black or who are proud to be black, has been a lover in a secretary, working every day of the week in their car at least once. Okay? What? <sighs> Eleven years. Listen. She's hot. What she has been able to do, no one else has done. There is no one like Mary J. Blige, but she is not that popping. Mama's not that popping. She's just not. I really pray for her. I think her story is something that we all could learn from in terms of like drug use, coping with our traumas from childhood and even maybe adulthood using drugs. It's not okay. The end results will never be good. 
I think we can learn from the fact that you have to love yourself and be secure in your within yourself before others can do so. Because if not, then you end up taking and accepting anything. And that's what she did with KC. You know what I mean? And she she spiraled down hard about that. I think it's important that we, you know, repair the relationships in our lives that are necessary. Her eventually meeting back up with her father in the last like 15 years or so and like forgiving him for not being there and all of those things. That was great in her like recovery. You know what I'm saying? There's so much to learn from her story. This album, Strength of a Woman, that title means so much. And it's like not even just strength of a woman, but strength of a person, because we have to overcome these things that we face in life that are so traumatic, that are so, you know, depressing, that are that keeps us down. We have to really be able to look at ourselves in the mirror. We have to really be able to be honest with ourselves. I think one of the reasons that Mary was able to recover and still alive and beat her addictions is because she was always, you know, like honest. Like she never denied any of those things. She never tried to be someone that she wasn't. She was always Mary from the block. You know what I'm saying? Like. You fucking with her, man. She's jealous. She ready to rumble. She didn't try to pretend to be like the princess uh, of of R&B or, you know, any of those things. Like she really kept it true and came out on the other end. She was able to defeat her own demons. At one point, man, when I was looking at all this stuff about Mary, she was just like, like I said, in that summer of 2000, when she was in Tampa, Florida, it just felt like she was ready to end end it all. She was like, I don't know what death feels like, but I know that it just felt like during that period that my spirit was just trying to leave my body. That's deep. She was able to overcome all of those things. She is moving and grooving and, I mean, still entertaining. And still sharing, you know, like her life with us on the track and things that we can relate in these singles. Because I'm telling you, when I'm going down through this, y'all don't tell nobody. I pretty much almost kind of like somewhat cried when I really thought about that goddamn song. Ooh, seven days. What? My, 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 my. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. I ain't the only one that I've been through some shit. I know. I know I ain't. It's like Mary J. Blige ain't the only one that's been through some shit, but it's just it's just so interesting that people characterize her as the queen or she's this or she's that. She's dropped 30. I mean, not 32. Down to 32, my favorite number. She's dropped 13 studio albums. I could do without nine of them motherfuckers. <laughs> no, eight, because I like the last one. Because I could I could take the first four and the last one. All of those in between can drop off. It's just the singles that keep Mary floating. I'm telling y'all, it's not these albums. And I mean, I guess you could say that about a lot of people, maybe. But, I mean, for real. Seriously. Them singles or nothing when it comes to Mary. That's pretty much how I'm rolling. 
it ain't too many like outtakes that's just like, oh shit, that's hot. Uh 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 stick to the stick to the classics, stick to the singles, stick to what works, not that other shit. Y'all could argue me down or whatever the case may be, but what's the 411 is my favorite album. If I had to rank them after that, I could only do like my top five, maybe, right? So what's the 411 is number one. Share my world is number two. My life is number three. Mary is number four. Shirt the Woman is number five. The rest of them can go away. Um, just let me hold on to a few of those singles, especially it's a rap and you're a child. <laughs> I just, I mean, I Mary has been through. She's 46 years old and she has been through. But what she's what she's accomplished in this industry is longevity. And that's something that a lot of people haven't been able to do. A lot of people with way more talent that can sing more, that write more, that do more. Like when you look at a sister like Shantae Moore, the pipes on Shantae Moore. When you look at like a sister like Tamia. To me, it can sing. It's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people that didn't make it out of the 90s. Especially, especially women. I mean, no, especially just people in general. There are a lot of talented people that did not make it out of the 90s. They just didn't make it out of the 90s. Matter of fact, outside of Mary J. Blige and Beyonce, because I'm going to count her, her time in on, on Beyonce's children as well. There's Mary J. Blige and Beyonce. Those are the only two people that I that I could think of off the top of my head in quote unquote R and B. Even though Beyonce isn't necessarily doing R and B anymore, she's popped in a motherfucker these days. But Beyonce, Mary J. Blige, who else made it out in the nineties? Female artists. It's still popping. Still can drop like multiple hits on the radio. Cause Mary J. Blige got at least three singles floating around on the on the radio right now. And they all good. You know what I'm saying? But who else made it out of the 90s? It's Brandy. Brandy made it out of the 90s. But if she don't drop another album soon, I mean, but she's still relevant though, because she's doing TV and movies and shit like that. But singing, just Really singing, still can release some shit, still can pop. Who made it out of the 90s? Not a lot of people, but Mary did it. She did that shit. You do that shit, man. Do that dance, do that dance, do it. Do it, Mary. I am just thankful for what she shares with the world. I'm thankful for the hits, man. I can love you. I can love you better than if I told you once, I told you twice, QB. I'm telling you, man. Murray's the shit. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Them singles is the shit, more specifically. I'm excited, though, because she's on tour. I'm after, like, 
25 years of watching Mary J. Blige. I'm finally going to see her in concert this time around. Um, thanks to my really good friend. Well, I need to hang out with more now that I have more times on my time on my hand. Sierra, we're going to be celebrating her birthday early and going to see Mary J. Blige. I'm excited than a motherfucker. Even though I just believe in the hits, I'm telling you, I'm excited as a motherfucker to see Mary at this um at this concert. She's dope. I can't take that away from her. What she's able, what she's been able to do, but man, out of them 13 albums, fam, like for real, I'm telling you, Mary could have kept about eight of them motherfuckers. Like for real. Like, what? We didn't need a Christmas album, Mary. Y'all can fight me on some of this shit. I really don't care. I said what I said, and I'm going to keep it real and true, as I always do. Any questions, comments, concerns, you can hit me 202-888 or YAC. That's 202-888-4925. You can send me an email. Check out the website, www.straightyak.com. The Instagram, Black Loud Proud. I'm accessible. I'm available. If you want to fight me over Aunt Mary, Aunt Mary, if you listening, I love you. Call me auntie. Until next week, I'm out. Peace.